Hi, everyone. Welcome to Analyze Your Trade, uh, event number 208 uh, on timingresearch.com. This is the new live charting format that we've been doing for about a year now, and it's been uh, very popular in the past, and and uh, everyone's gotten a lot out of it. So happy to uh, be doing this again. So um, so today, uh, oh, of course, uh, all of today's ed presentations are for educational purposes only. Trading is not suitable for all people. And please consult a financial advisor and only trade with money you can afford to, to lose. Um, all of the sessions today are being recorded individu individually and will be available on timingresearch.com, as well as the Timing Research YouTube and podcast channels and on Substack. So just search for Timing Research. So um, we have 10 great analysts lined up for today. So uh, we'll be going from 10 a.m. Eastern right now until 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And today I have uh, arranged for uh, Michael Naus of TradeIdeas.com to be our first analyst. And did I pronounce your name correctly? I... Perfectly. Okay, great. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Cool. Um, yeah, so I've got the chat up over here. So feel free to to ask away and to chart away while I wait for those to come in. Again, yeah, if you want to go, if you're looking for a trading platform, uh, you can go to tradeideas.com. If you actually just click uh, right on anywhere on the page, it's actually going to open this up for you. And you can access this delayed data uh, completely for free. So this is kind of the platform I'm going to be using um, with 15 minute, I'll be using the uh, live data. But yeah, you can get access here for 15 minute delayed data uh, completely for free. Uh, see what's going on in the markets here and, and use our charts. So I thought that would be a cool little thing. And if you're interested in trying everything live, when you go to tradeideas.com, you'll see on the main page, we have a uh, a test drive starting up. So you can try the product for two weeks for 11 bucks um, just to get started. So let's go. I'm going to go see the first one here. NOVS and VOS. So a couple of the things that we can do is on top of just analyzing the chart, uh, we can also give you a couple, some fundamental data. So I always like to look at this even before I get started into the chart, just because it lets me know a little bit about the company and what the company does. Um, you know, so this one's 29 cents. So only 149 million shares in the floats. This is a really, really little guy. And, they, you know, this just gives me a feel with a market cap of $48 million. I know it's going to be incredibly volatile uh, when things come in. And then just things like, you know, a million dollars in revenue and, and is it a profitable company, that type of thing. And then also what sector. So we can just read about the company right here. So this is provision of medical services offers... Not that I care too much about the fundamentals. It's just good to know what space uh, you're hanging out with. And, and then if there's any news that's just happened really recently that I think anything could could occur. So this is obviously going to be the premise of this is going to be a risky one for sure. Anything under a buck is generally under a buck for a reason and won't get a lot of institutional following, right? Institutions generally don't play in the sub $5 type of a range. So that helps me with my analysis kind of right off the bat, because now I know, okay, if institutions aren't going to be playing ball, then the price action is going to be a little bit whippy, right? As institutions get involved, they take a long time to buy a stock. They take a long time to cover a stock. So you're going to get a little bit more trendiness in those higher price or the 
watched over names. So this one you and you can see just that, right? Doubling and then getting cut in half and doubling and getting cut in half. Um, from there, I just like to do a kind of outside and then in, right? I want to first look at a monthly chart and just get a really long-term look. This stock's been as high as 30 bucks and now it's 28 cents. So obviously overall, a lot of overhead resistance, right? Basically anybody who has bought through any period of time, any of these bounces so far has had a really bad time. This, this stock has a history of bouncing and then pulling over and selling again, and then bouncing and then rolling over and selling again. When I see overhead supply like that, it gets me a little bit worried uh, because it just means we all have done this as traders and we know we shouldn't, but we've all done it where we say, oh, if I ever just get back to even, I'm going to get out. And, you know, from 30 bucks all the way to 30 cents, there's a whole bunch of those traders saying, hey, if this ever gets back to even, uh, I need to get out. So that's why I take a look at this long term chart, just to know that any move that we make, there's going to be a lot of overhead resistance uh, in this move. Um, going into the weekly chart, you can see a lot of a long period of kind of no activity and and really not much volume at that time as well. After this big collapse from $3 down to 30 cents. So some bad news occurred in this area. And ever since then, we've been basing. Now we're breaking out of that base a little bit over the last month or so getting above this zone right here. So that's obviously positive action. Uh, you know, and heck, if it gets to the breakdown point, which I would classify as about a buck right here, then that would be a pretty good move from here. So I'm looking at that. And then also the dollar is very significant. You can see here. And again, all this is um, at trade ideas. I think this one is a, I saw what exchange it was on. Yeah. So this is a NASDAQ stock, right? And we have all this right here, the name of the company, and then a NASDAQ NASD name. And to be listed on the NASDAQ, you have to have your value over a dollar. Uh, it just has, that's part of the rules. If you spend too much time under a buck, then things can get you you get delisted or you have to do a reverse split. Generally speaking, with a reverse split, uh, it generally doesn't sometimes you get these pops right off of reverse split and then it comes back down. Generally speaking, not really gonna be the move in the long run. So a lot of things, so short, basically when I'm doing all of these analysis, it's making me think so far that any trades you would take in this for me personally would be short-term in nature, right? Because again, the history of it, rallying, collapsing, the history of the fact that there's so many people underwater on the stock for such a long period of time. So if I were to trade this, for me, it looks like, you know, this 50 cent mark, give or take up in here, that would be where I'd be interested in. Right now, it's just stuck inside of a middle of a range. So, um, you know, I wouldn't short a 20 cent stock. They have to do a reverse split at some point to get uh, continue to be listed on the NASDAQ. And then you have a lot of this uh, overhead resistance and head. So for me, a, a trade plan, if I was interested in this name would be to watch to set an alert um, you can do that over a uh, trade ideas here. You can just set an alert and say, hey, let me know if this thing gets up to 50 cents and, and then go from there. But otherwise, just personally, not something that I would park my money into for any length of time. All right. So we see some coming in here now. So let's go with Uber. Uber has actually been really strong recently and is part of a algorithm that I I make I made that has these relatively strong names. So Uber is very interesting. Again, I'll do the same kind of analysis. I don't need to spend as much time 
over here with Uber as anything else, because I know Uber is plenty liquid. You know, I know it, what they do. I know they have revenue. They've actually turned positive on earnings recently, which was huge for them. Um, and now I think the the play on Uber is pretty pretty simple. So let's do the same thing. We'll go to monthly. You can see over since this is uh, six twenty two, and you can see this massive push up. So really, really strong over a year and a half. And then for the last four months or so has been kind of just hanging out in this range. So we'll probably see the same thing if we go into the weekly chart here and nice push up through this resistance area. And now we're just kind of consolidating here. So into the daily chart, this one's really interesting to me because we're at a bit of a do or die point right here. And actually today's action is kind of interesting on this as well. I very much like an undercut of support and then a rally. Uh, sometimes you'll get these where the market market makers, quote unquote, institutions, hedge funds, whatever, they they need a lot of liquidity to to trade orders. So what they'll do with that liquidity is they'll basically look for obvious areas where people will put stop losses. Um, you know, I get the question all the time, do, do the market makers know where my stop loss is? No, and they don't care where your stop loss is, because uh, anyone in this room isn't big enough to move the market anyway. But if they see an area where there's a whole bunch of stop losses, Sometimes they'll sell a bunch to try to push it in down to that level. And then as it breaks through those levels and those stop loss are hit, they're using those sell orders to scoop up to scoop up position. So just looking at today's candle, we may be seeing that kind of action depending on how this closes. So we have this pretty clear area that was support back here, and we've undercut that now twice and we're bouncing. So this is a very interesting area. If you did like Uber from the longer term perspective, if we close uh, above this level, I, I like it. And I'm actually going to go over and I'm going to set an alert for this one. We're going to go to Uber. And I'm just going to, again, this is just something you can do easily with trade ideas. I, I have an alert up here. So I'll just drag that down to see if it undercuts this zone and then and then rallies back through. Last thing I wanted to look at on Uber before we get into it, and we'll we'll do a little more rapid fire as things go, but I just wanted to do an anchored VWAP from this area. Oh, and you can see that's adding perfectly here. So just quickly, you know, this blue line on my chart is just the 200-day moving average. Uh, you can see that held perfectly right here. The white line on the chart is the S&P 500. So I'm looking for things that are, are moving higher when the S&P 500 is moving lower, that type of thing. And then this purple line is an anchored view app. So this shows us the average market participant from this massive rally that occurred off the 200-day moving average is actually right there as well. So there's a lot of uh, support going on here in Uber. So the, the thing I like about this is, you know, if you're going to take a trade and say closes kind of up in this area, uh, let's move that up in this area and then puts a stop below that area, right? That's a very tiny risk on this trade. And if you end up being right and it gets up here, then that's a great risk reward. And for me, that's the most important thing is, you know, I know that accuracy will be 50, 60% over the life of my career. So it's really what's the risk reward. So let's hammer through them. So a couple here, we'll go to AMD. And so this is the downloaded version of Trade Ideas, which, uh, again, this is what you can get for that $11. And it's just a little bit more advanced, uh, depending on whether or not you want advanced or whether you want um, simple and easy, right? The web is a nice, easy way to get going. And then if you want to get really into the into the weeds. So AMD is going to move a lot with NVIDIA and, and all of this. So I would be careful for earnings on a lot of these. I, I don't know when NVIDIA's earnings are, uh, but 
November. Okay. So there's still a long time for that. Oh, AMD. So end of the end of the year or end of the month for earnings. So you got about 11 days. For me, I, I always just be very, very careful with earnings. Uh, just a pretty clear, we all know what AMD does, but this is something that I've been watching where we have broken this trend line resistance and then we've tested it again and also that $100 area. So I think the trade on AMD is pretty simple that $100 is a big psychological level. You can see the rising 200-day moving average is around $100. Uh, so if you want to own NVIDIA, I think the move is pretty simple. You you uh, you own it and you say, hey, as long as we're on a closing basis, can re remain above 100 bucks. interested. If we break below that, I think it's time to go. Uh, Costco, yeah, Costco. And I'm not doing the fundamental stuff on unnames. I think that we all know. So Costco, this level, I think is very important. We're getting a bit of a sell down today. Uh, if we break below that level, I think that's a little bit a little bit worrisome. But this, you know, if we go out here to the, we have these, what we call picture and picture charts, probably be easier for you guys to see if I go. I like darker charts because they're, uh, um, they're easier on my eyes staring at charts all the time, but for you guys, it's probably easier to see this. So this down here is what we call a picture and picture chart. So this is a monthly line chart of whatever I'm looking at up here. You can see this monthly chart has been, this area has been huge for it. So I don't know if it would clean through, if it would get through cleanly really quickly. So I'd be careful of, of kind of choppiness, but overall a massive, massive trend from Costco. We're talking, uh, you know, this is kind of exactly what you want to see just up and to the right like that. Uh, spy, and then we'll do Nokia and Tilray. Qs are about the same. Spy, I've been saying this on my Twitter, uh, Michael Noss CMT, if you want to follow me, but I'm saying this for weeks. For all I care about right now is this gap here on the spy. If we can get through that gap, I think that's great. If we fail here, then the next thing we got to watch out is this 420 area and the rising 200 day moving average. Until then, it's just kind of a mess. And the Qs are, the Qs are going to be the same, right? Where it's they did a little bit better. They made it through that gap, but these gaps can be magnets. You can see how it broke through and then it came right back down. So this area, I think, is very, very important for both the S&P 500 and the Qs. So you have to hold this area and start moving higher before I'm super interested in, in getting really involved long in the market. Uh, and then Tilray. These weed stocks have just been death, right? So yeah, we have a declining 200-day moving average, a way to keep for me personally, good rule of thumb as a trend trader is if we're above a rising 200-day moving average, you want to look for longs. If we're below a declining 200-day moving average, you want to look for shorts. Um, you know, Within trade ideas, we actually have scans for that. If, if that's something that you agree with, uh, we have just under moving average, and here's all stocks that are pulling back to a rising 200-day moving average. So as soon as I see it, a stock below a declining 200-day moving average and in a downtrend, uh, it's just a no-go for me. And again, shorting stocks that are this cheap with a, what's a 16% short float right up here, you can see, uh, it, no, no good short, no good long for me. So Bank of America, earnings for a lot of these things. Yeah, so this stuck below this overhead supply. Right. This was support in through here and then back through here. You can see it sold off below this 28 level and then bounced as resistance, sold off again, and now it's struggling with 28. So I think Bank of America, you're, it's 28 or nothing. If you can get above 28, that's fantastic. If not, um, I think you're you're in trouble. And again, below a declining 200-day move. Ah, iced coffee, so I apologize. I'm going to be 
fueling up throughout this. This is fun. Usually I have to do like big presentations and, and speeches and stuff like this, but this is cool. Uh, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is having a rough time. This is all the Ozempic stuff. People think, oh, everyone's going to lose weight. No one's going to drink Coke anymore. From a fundamental point of view, maybe you you can you can buck that trend. Uh, if you believe Coca-Cola is going to be around for a while, this isn't something that's going to move substantially one way or the other. So this might be a good dividend uh, play if you're if you're a dividend guy. But just from a charting point of view, we've got a potential bear flag going on right here. We have earnings coming up on the 24th, which is early next week. So be very, very careful of buying things. Again, declining 200-day moving average and potential bear flag below uh, with this downtrend. Now, from a fundamental point of view, from a longer-term chart point of view, right? if we zoom out and go from the daily chart into the monthly chart, right? if you're looking at this thing for a long term, like you want to put it in your portfolio and keep it for years. We are at an important level. We spent five months chopping around this zone. And really, right, is Ozempic going gonna is no one gonna drink a Coca-Cola anymore? And does Coca-Cola not have the money to transition to something healthier if that's the case? I don't know. Uh Honeywell, H-O-N. Yeah, downtrend currently and below a declining 200-day moving average, relatively weak to the overall market. Nothing really interesting I could see here. It, it, the trend has to change for me. So I guess it's important you guys know the way I look at the market. I'm a trend trader. Um, I've done a lot of, I do a lot of quantitative work. And we we do that at, at Trade Ideas. I do, I've done a lot of this. And throughout my trading career, I figured that it's just easier to trade with the direction of the underlying trend. You know, you can pick a bottom that feels nice. Maybe make a lot of money doing it. But for me, I want to just look at the underlying trend and I just want to stick with that. So for this trend to change, this would have to be a potentially higher low on Honeywell. So we'd have to pull back in here and then start to push higher. So above, you know, this 190 area would probably be the first time that we would see a change in trend here. Uh, that would interest me. But then again, you're still below this declining 200-day moving average, which... Again, it's just a, a worrisome, a worrisome uh, proposition for me. Uh, Johnson Johnson, a lot of defensive names from this user. So, yeah, Johnson Johnson getting getting killed as well, below declining two hundred day. And this is why, if you look right here on Johnson Johnson, this is the kind of thing why I'm so interested in this. The two hundred day is you can see there's been a few times now where it can't get above that declining 200-day moving average, and then it falls. Some good news here that kept it above it for a bit, but it failed there. Couldn't get above the declining 200-day moving average, and then it fell again. So uh, earnings was not received well. Just FYI, this on the trade ideas charts, this yellow line right here is the most recent earning date. We gapped down and we started to sell from there. So uh, just nothing there that's, that's super interesting to me. Again, I would need to see that change of trend. I would need to see a a low being put in and then a higher low being respected and then above that declining 200 day moving average pfizer i think is the same way it's the last from from this person uh yeah pfizer same way a slow downtrend and then just i know that 
oh, this is actually perfect. The next person is asking for Meta. So I want to contrast what we just saw with all of these stocks in incredible downtrends with something like Meta. Full disclosure, I own some Meta. I'll tell you guys every time I do that so uh, you know where my bias is. Um, and I bought Meta. You can see these green lines are where you can set price alerts and trade ideas and it will like jump out of the screen and say, hey, take a look at this. It's crossing that price. Uh, I bought some in this area right here. And the difference between, right, the rising 200 moving day, day moving average is down here. The S&P 500 chart looks like this. So it's putting in a bit of a downtrend, whereas this is putting in a bit of an uptrend. So this is more interesting. And if we go from that, so this is great. I think you've got a nice bull flag looking here. So what you're looking for is the next move for the bull flag to push higher. Be wary of earnings on October 25th. Um, you know, be careful there. But overall, Right, this is a very kind of William O'Neill style potential uh, cup and handle looking pattern. Right, a cup and handle is simply you have a high, you dip, and then you come back to that high, and then you put in some sort of bull flag at that high. Right, that's the premise behind the cup and handle pattern. I know people, there's a lot of people who want to draw it very precisely, but that's the premise: is you have a high, you have a pullback, we're back to that high, and then it's basing around that high, which is what you're seeing right here. Here's the high. There's the pullback. We're back to that high and we're basing around that area. So a push up on Meta could look really good here overall. I like the look of that one as well. Um, but yeah, just be careful. We've got earnings. So that always puts a, a run to the mill. But with that, and then the um, NVIDIA was the other, NVDA was the other question that the gentleman had there. And you can see the same kind of thing. This is a this is going to look exactly like AMD. You know, it, it, it's going to move with AMD. For me, as long as we are stuck in the middle of this range, I'm not really too interested in it. If we got to the low end of the range down here around 400 and I saw some support there, that might be a good place to initiate a position. If we get above this 500 area, that might be a good place to initiate position, but it's kind of stuck in no man's land. But right here's the rising 200 day moving average. So the defensive names, are being sold and the more aggressive names are being bought. So this makes me think just when you're doing this kind of analysis on your own, uh, just look for these trends. If everything that's, you know, Coca-Cola, Johnson and Johnson, these are very, very uh, reliable, sturdy companies. And then Meta and Nvidia are doing well. And then those sturdy, reliable companies are doing poorly. It just, it's showing me that the market has this kind of risk on appetite. And that's where we want to be focused for now until it changes. So EDP, a pipeline of natural gas. This is a very messy chart. Uh, it's just uh, doesn't move very much. I think you buy this one more for the dividend than anything, right? This is $26. This is $28. Uh, very, very slow name. The monthly chart has it breaking out to all-time highs. That's good. But I think if you own a name like this, you own it. I would do as a chartered market technician, it's really, really weird for me to say this, but this would be something I would do a lot of fundamental work on because you're owning this because it pays a, a whopping 49 cent uh, dividend. So, right, I want to make sure that I'm owning it because I believe that dividend is still going to be in place. Now, stocks making new 52-week highs, new um, multi-month highs, uh, generally speaking, aren't going to cut their dividends because everything's going well. 
But yeah, you don't really buy something like this for capital gains because, you know, hey, maybe it gets all the way up there. Well, that's 30 bucks, right? So that's and that's going to take months or or longer uh, unless there's some crazy news that comes out. Then also they're doing, uh, you, again, trade is you can just see, I love this, someone who doesn't do the fundamental stuff is we have up here what the company does just briefly. So they're a pipeline for natural gas. Um, so UNG would be something to watch to see, you know, is natural gas something that makes sense? And there's our declining 200-day moving average. We looked like we were going to have a little bit of a breakout here. I was getting excited that maybe natural gas was finally going to break out. Uh, declining 200-day moving average hit us in the face, and we're right back down. So, yeah, it's it's not a bad-looking chart, um, but just make sure you understand that, hey, it's uh, a slow guy. And then the other one was Microsoft. A lot of the usuals. Microsoft, again. so, okay, so we got the 24th, right? So earnings are careful. And then Microsoft to me does look really, really good because it's very strong. It's up against this prior resistance right here and is getting really tight. We've got two weeks in a row where the stock just hasn't moved at all, just getting really, really tight. So on a short-term basis, a breakout I like here. On a long-term basis, if we go into this monthly chart, you can see we're right up near these prior highs. And we're putting in a really strong month. So I love the look of this chart. I would be er uh, worried about the 24th from a fundamental point of view. And I don't do a lot of fundamental stuff, but you know, they're big into the AI craze right now is I think a lot of where their pricing comes from. So um, the uh, you need to be careful of that. If everyone, if AI becomes completely out of favor, then this thing's going to take a tumble. If AI does well, it does great. It's also above its moving average or its anchored VWAP from all-time highs, right? So this is the anchored VWAP, basically saying if you started to buy, if you started a dollar cost average in a Microsoft as it's at its at its highs, then you are now up money as of like two days ago. You started to make money if you started to buy as this thing was at all-time highs. That's good, right? That's all, all there is to it. Means... I like to use these anchored VWAPs. Uh, if you want to learn more about them, definitely pick up pick up a friend of mine, uh, Brian Shannon, wrote a book about anchored VWAP. Amazing. Uh, it's a good sentiment indicator. Basically means that everybody that is involved, even if you got involved in Microsoft at the worst possible price, everyone's doing well. And that is positive sentiment for, for the company, right? Uh, VIPS China. So first of all, warning, uh, China. And we have this little flag up here. I've been getting really good at understanding flags of, of companies since we implemented this feature. I think the IPS is like designer clothing or something in China. Really choppy name. Stuck for a very long time here if we zoom out uh, between this kind of... We've got a clear level here, call it 16. We've got a clear level here at 17, a clear level here at 14. So that's the kind of range it's playing in. I don't see anything really interesting in this chart right here. Uh, the moving 200-day moving average is higher, so it is in a technical uptrend. Uh, however, falling apart, gapping down today, selling lower. Uh, I would never short overnight these Chinese ADRs. You have a whole day of trading that will occur in China before these things reopen. So that can get really dangerous. But, you know, unless you want to play off the 14 support, for me as a trend trader who wants to buy things as they're moving higher, there's not too much here. But I would mark this level of support here at 14. If you really like the stock, maybe you sell some puts down there. 
not a huge options guy, but I know that's something that people do a lot. If they like a stock at a certain level, uh, they can get paid in order to wait for it to get there. Uh, Tesla, Tesla had earnings, earnings last night, and they weren't good. So uh, stuck in a range with this one. So no trend, right? It's not really an upward trend. It's not really downward trend. You can see the 200-day moving average is going from downward sloping to upward sloping, but just kind of. Uh, Tesla just feels a little bit like dead money for a period of time. And then we've gapped down and we're selling into these new lows. So I think this is the area you got to watch right here. So that sits around uh, 213, give or take. So maybe even call it 220, 210 to 220. I think if you want to get a move, that's got to hold because that, that has your 200-day moving average. It has the last place that it bounced right here. That I think is kind of the do or die point. But with a, I don't, I will never read a 10K or listen to an earnings transcript. Oh man, that sounds like absolute hell. If if I am going to hell and there is a hell, it would probably be just a loudspeaker playing earnings reports and not being able to look at a chart forever. Um, so for me, all I need to know is the the, the reaction of the market. I, mean, I don't care what earnings say. I care about what the market did. And you can see, if we, even if we go into an intraday chart, so I'm doing everything from a swing time frame. But if we look for an intraday chart, you can see we tried to rally this morning. So it opened right here. It attempted a rally, and then that rally failed. And now for the next hour, we've been selling off. So uh, again, I would watch that zone that I was talking about, about the 210 to 220 area on Tesla. Uh, if we can't get and hold above that, then this might be might be dead water, and we could take a little bit of a, of a pop there. Um, DPST. Regional banks three times bull. Ooh, careful. I'm going to do uh, KRE because this will be the same thing. Uh, no, let me actually, I always want to look at LABU. I always just want to show this chart. I like showing Labu a lot just to show you that these three times indexes are actually made to go down over time. So this is a monthly chart of Labu, which is uh, three times um, direction, three times biotech, right? So the uh, 200, this thing's never been $200. What happens is they use options and derivatives to, that's how they get the three times leverage. And those things degrade over time. And I just give this as a caveat to maybe somebody in here who doesn't know, if you're gonna trade these three times instruments, you basically have to do them for short periods of time because they will degrade over time. Even if you're right on direction, it's just the way that the, the system has worked. They're used for short-term hedging and they're used for short-term trading. That, that's why they're designed. So for example, if I, if I have a portfolio of stocks, but I'm worried that the market's going to pull back over the next little bit, I can buy a three times inverse and I can use that to hedge over the next few days or few weeks. But that three times inverse is going to, like all of these things will degrade uh, uh, to zero and then they reverse split and then they degrade to zero and they reverse split and we'll do that forever. So, um, so that's why I'm going to look at KRE because DPST is a three times uh, index of KRE. So it always makes sense that you do your analysis on the real uh, security. And then if you just want to then buy it. So if you think KRE is going to go up, then that DPST is going to go up three times more. I hope that makes sense. Uh, 40 bucks. And I know this because I've been playing this $40 area on KRE for a really long time. 
I bought some in here, had a good trade. I bought a little bit a few days ago, had a little decent trade. So full disclosure, I am in this. I think it's it's $40 is kind of do or die on KRE. If you're above that $40, I think everything's fine. I totally agree with you looking to play the index as opposed to individual regional bank names, just because we don't know when the next regional bank is going to tank or implode. So I, I think playing the index is the way to do it. The three times index, right? That's just up to your risk tolerance. Um, but yeah, $40. So what I would do is if you're interested in DPST, have KRE up on your chart and then have DPST up on your order entry. And if you want to trade this, then you want to see the move in KRE and then take the trade in, in DPSC. So for me, it's 40 bucks, do or die. Be careful of the declining 200-day moving average. The only reason I'm playing off this $40 is because I've been trading around a position that I bought way back here, and I'm trying to kind of generate income on that position because I'd like to hold this for a very long period of time. So um, Apple, Apple. I'm going in order. I do see some questions and I'll, I'll get to all of them when I'm here. Like I'm here for another 25 minutes. And, and again, I really like this format. This is your guys' time. So ask away. Apple, I think it's just you got to look at this declining trend line, right? Resistance here and here and here. So if we can get above that, that's fantastic. Uh, if we sell below, if we're in this range, I'm not really interested. The only time as like a dip buy that I would watch is watch the rising 200 day moving average, which is roughly in the area of this, um, the last time the buyers took control here, right? Earnings on the second. Riot. So Riot's going to move with Bitcoin. I prefer Mara, which we can talk about in a second. Why? So you got to watch Bitcoin uh, for this. And the, I love the, I love expressing bullish Bitcoin with different uh miners because you get a lot of juice for that short float on riot is 18 percent. so if this gets going there's going to be a lot of people who are going to have a hard time uh with this name so a lot of shorts are going to have a hard time and that's why i think you get way more juice you know this has gone from ten dollars to twenty dollars the last time bitcoin surged and i think bitcoin surged like 10 or 15 percent. so you get a lot more juice up you get a lot more juice down these are shitty businesses overall, right? They're unprofitable. They don't make a lot of money. Um, so be careful with that, right? The market cap is 1.6 billion and they're bleeding money. So you want to trade these things. You don't want to own them for long periods of time. I say that as someone who actually worked uh, at a Bitcoin miner way back in 2018. They're really, really hard industries. They're very capital intensive. Um, so for this one, I think it's this $10 is, is everything. If you're above 10, and you hold above 10, you can own it. If you're below 10, it's time to go. I just want to go over to Mara uh, just because Mara's short float is crazy. You notice the chart looks pretty much the same. Uh, it's also an unprofitable company, although slightly less unprofitable. And it's around the $10 area that I think you have to play. But what I like about Mara over Riot is a 29% short float. So if this guy gets going, that means one in three shares are lent out short. You're talking um, GameStop years ago levels of short. So I like them. But again, just know these are really bad businesses overall. Uh, and they're probably all going to go to zero at some point. 
when you look at this in the monthly chart on Mara in the corner here, just having a hard time. But if you have a bullish Bitcoin thesis, then I think this is definitely the way to do it because you can apply way less capital. You don't have to worry about putting your money in like an, a potential FTX kind of thing. Um, and you can you can go from there. So, all right, we're getting there. DAL, Delta Airlines. Oof, right? that's all I got to say. We've got a, a do or die area from here. This has got to be one. If you're trading this, you have to just kind of be trading for a bounce. That's the only uh, the only reason they make sense is you take the trade as an oversold bounce. This is in a bad, bad downtrend. Very soon, this moving average of 200 days is going to start turning lower. And when it bounces, it's going to have to struggle with that declining 200 day moving average. Uh, but it's really oversold at these levels. So that's kind of, if that's your style that you want to buy, you want to buy for a bounce? It's great. I don't. I wouldn't expect this thing to turn and go back up to fifty bucks. Jets is another way to play this. G E T S Jets, which is a index that has you know Delta, Southwest, uh, American Airlines. Um, it's, those are the only three Yankee Airlines that I know. This is another way to play it. Kind of diversifies it out a bit. But yeah, you're you're playing an oversold bounce. If you want to talk about bad industry, I mean, they say the easiest way to become a millionaire is to start with a hundred million and invest in airlines. Um, yeah, they're just they're they're tough, tough, tough businesses. Uh, can I show your scan feature to find? I'm not going to take up the entire time with that. I really encourage you guys to go to tradeideas.com. Uh, and sign up for the test drive. It's eleven dollars. You get the whole platform for two weeks because we have like the scanning is what we do. We have scans for uh, anchored VWAP and a relative strength index and and moving averages, and we have intraday and we have weekly charts and we have monthly charts and like the scanning is what we do. It's more about what kind of scan are you interested? If you give me a little more specifics, I'll see if um, I can get you anything. But this particular one that I I think when that question came, I brought up is stocks that are pulling into a rising 200-day moving average. And it is one of my favorite because as I've been talking about, I like to buy things that are above a rising 200-day moving average and sell things that are below a declining 200-day moving average. So I think this is the one I was talking about maybe when that question came. So uh, do you, I sell positions before an earnings call if... Uh, so the example was meta. Will I sell meta before the earnings call? Um, first of all, I have a rule. I don't enter immediately before earnings because A... You usually get a lot of chop like meta could stay could very logically stay in this range until the earnings call because there's not if you, you got to remember who pushes markets is not retail as much as wall street bets would like to tell you it is it is um it's institutions and as institutions that study these earnings and and all of the fundamental stuff it's like, do I want to employ my billion dollars into Meta today or do I just want to wait a couple of days, wait till the next earnings report comes out and then kind of go like that, right? Um, so the uh, that's why I don't go into earnings plus. So I don't I don't expect to see a lot of, of movement. Now, do I hold into earnings? Generally not, but I will under 
two circumstances. One, if I'm up a bunch on the trade, right? If I'm up a whole bunch on the trade, and I know that even if a really bad earnings report comes out, it's not going to hurt me that bad because I already have a lot of baked in unrealized cushion. And the other thing, and the reason that I'll probably hold meta is if I've already sold a bunch on the of the position. So I bought a bunch of meta right here, but when we started struggling at this prior high, I sold like two thirds of the position. So I've locked in a bunch of profit and I have a small position left. So I will probably just hold that. But generally speaking, I don't like to because I have no idea what they're going to report on earnings, right? They, you know, they say, hey, we're going back all into the metaverse, which is what caused the massive collapse of meta to begin with. And it could be down significantly. So I want to make sure that I've at least profit kind of off that. VIX, I'm going to go uh, UVXY for the VIX because we do the, the ETFs here. I don't I don't agree with technical analysis on the VIX, to be blunt, um, because the VIX is a measure. It, the VIX isn't really traded as much as it's a measure of fear, but we're inside a range, right? So what will happen is as if the market declines heavily, you'll see a spike in the VIX. So we are struggling here on the SPY as we're starting to pull back uh, into this zone. So that's kind of more what I would look like if I was doing analysis on the VIX, right? It's curious about my indicators. So quickly, I'll just click on this. Um, I don't use a lot of indicators. I don't really like them. I think you can get away with not using any indicators. But for me, mainly 200-day moving average, only, you know, Paul Tudor Jones talked a lot about it. A lot of fun. Um, I, I worked in the hedge fund space for like 10 years. That's why I reference hedge funds and institutions a lot. I kind of know how they work. Um, th this is something that they will use. They'll say, hey, you know, buy close to a 200 period moving average. Um, same with anchored VWAP. I use that uh, because I know institutions will use it as a, a metric to kind of make sure that they're uh, getting good fills on their on their trades. And then this gray line I have here, this is just literally the SPY. And what I'm looking for here is, for example, if we have the SPY going down like that, which it has the last few days, and my stock is moving up, that just shows me relative to the SPY, the stock is doing well. So if the SPY turns and moves higher, this is probably going to do well. And that's it. And we need volume at the bottom. Generally don't look at it too much, to be honest, but it's just kind of nice to know uh, if there's big volume spikes one way or another. Um, and then the anchored view app tool you have to draw in because you need to say, where do I want to draw? It's a little more art uh, to this than than a science. So those those are my indicator sets, right? I am a CPA and a CMT and I'm offended. Yeah, I'm pure. I'm a, a quantitative technical guy. So I do a lot of uh, algorithm building. Uh, looking for relative strength, which I can show you the trade ideas relative strength system I built. And then on top of that, um, as soon as I have a back test to say this system does well in certain environments and outperforms the market in certain environments, then I can apply my technical eye to it. I just hate the fundamental side of things. It's just, it just bores me. My dad's an accountant too. So you and him would get along, but we're not. Okay. So Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs probably going to look like some of the banks, but this is a best in breed. So if you're going to buy a bank, you're probably good to buy Goldman Sachs here. But yeah, these things are just getting beat below uh, declining 200 day moving average right at lows here. Maybe some support coming in from this zone, but uh, not looking good there. See a lot of these things like 3M. All of these staples, these consumer staples are all getting killed. So 
if we want to know why with going into the incredible nerdy stuff, essentially people don't own Johnson Johnson, Coca-Cola, 3M. They don't own these things because they think they're going to move up significantly. It's not the reason that you own stocks like this. Um, you know, what is Coca-Cola going to do to double its market cap? There's nothing it can. Is it going to create like Coke 2.0 for, for the metaverse that has those Epic built? Like th there's nothing they can do to really push the needle for a lot, a lot of capital growth. And they know that and that's why they pay out a lot of dividends. So people hold these for dividends. I'm trying to make this quick because I know it's a boring topic. The reason that a lot of these dividend playing stocks are getting killed and they're going to get killed is because say Coca-Cola pays me 3%, but I can now take that money and I can put it in a government secured treasury bill and make 4%. Why would I own the risk that, um, you know, Coca-Cola that can't do anything to really double in value th that they're going to have like arsenic or something in a batch of, of Coke and then they tank. So the risk is to the downside on a lot of these names, but you're compensated for that risk generally by holding dividends. And when there was nowhere else to get income, it made sense. When interest rates were zero, why would I own a treasury bill when I can own something like Coca-Cola that's going to pay me a couple percent a year? Now that that's flipped, why would I own Coca-Cola when I can put stuff in bonds that's going to pay me, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent a year, right? Um, so that's why these things are getting killed. So, right, Coca-Cola, uh, I see um, Triple M, uh, UNH, uh, a lot of these things are going to, um, well, UNH a little bit better because the healthcare company, but uh, yeah, Coca-Cola, a lot of these names, the best thing to look at is rates. And you can just do that by looking at the inverse of TLT, right? So if TLT is moving lower, which it is now, it means rates are moving higher. If TLT is moving higher, it means rates are moving lower. And I don't think any of these companies are going to get a lot of relief until we have rates come down. So I hope that makes sense as an explanation for why a lot of these big blue chip staples type companies are getting killed. And I think they're going to continue to get killed. Um, because again, if I'm generally speaking, hedge fund managers and, and mutual funds, they'll go from risk on, which think, you know, meta, NVIDIA, all of these things to risk off and risk off used to be to Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, 3M over here. But now risk off to me just means bonds, right? You can buy, what's a 10 year at like six or five or 6%. I don't that's how much I pay attention to the actual numbers. I just just look at the direction of them. Until rates chill out, I think you're gonna have a hard time with a lot of these, a lot of these names. Um Nike's a little bit interesting. I'm actually gonna check just because I haven't looked at my um yeah, struggling with this breakdown point Ooh, right here. So I, I think that's gonna be the do or die point on Nike. Massive area of resistance right here. And I'm just gonna check Foot Locker real quick because I shorted some Foot Locker yesterday. Yeah, gap down, but now it's rallying up. That's fine. Uh, and just because you said Nike, that reminded me this is for the same reason that I shorted this guy. Uh, very informative on DPST. I'm glad. Anyone I can save from these, because the triple leverage thing I know sucks people in because, hell, why own the spy when I can own triple the spy? But it's just it they degrade because of the whole optionality of them. So you kind of make sure, right? Are there 
AI generated symbols, signals that I can use from this platform. Yes, they're currently for day trading. Um, and someone's asking about my relative strength system. So I'll, I'll go into that as well. Uh, but those are ones that are, I used AI to kind of help me tweak it, but uh, they're, it's just a, a relative strength system. So we can talk about that with some of the time I have left. Uh, if there are mo no more tickers, but definitely put in tickers because that's what we're talking about today. So I'll overwrite this stuff. But um do you know if Tradia's plans to have the download software on the Mac? Yes. And I've done everything so we can move over to here. So this is this can run on the Mac, uh, the web version. And the plan is instead of doing the downloaded version on the Mac, is we're going to put everything up on the web. And then it doesn't matter if you're a Mac or an iPhone. Like you can grab this, and I do it all the time. If you go to this tradeideas.com on your phone, right, and just make a phone size, it just kind of looks vertical like this right so i do this all the time where i'm i'm checking things on my phone uh midday i use this on my ipad all the time and uh, yeah this is can run perfectly on a mac uh, so the idea is to have push everything up onto the web and then people can have it there so then if you have multiple monitors you'll just open up multiple browsers and put them on different monitors that's the plan to do that um because there's a lot more cool stuff we can do on the web like one thing i really like is these kind of heat map views uh, where we can go tree map and then we'll move that in there. And this is these are the sectors up and down. So uranium is doing well and natural gas is getting killed today. Um, so yeah, it's all working on the web. So uh, a couple more names here. PXD, uh, great uptrend, a little bit maybe overextended in the short term, right? You're up pretty significantly here and you're nearing an area of congestion up in this area, but it definitely a nice looking trend. Um, data dog, DDOG. Data dog is just stuck in a range. It's really not too much. Now, unfortunately, this kind of looks like a descending triangle, right? Where we have lower highs and then equal lows. So if that breaks, I would look out below. It looked like it tried to retake this gap, but it failed. So not a great look there. And then Roku, and then we'll take a look at the relative strength system for the last few minutes. Um, let's just go Roku. Yeah, you're at, you know, a rising 200-day moving average, which I like, but it is in a pretty serious-looking downtrend here. So I would need to see something. I would need to see it maybe retake this low right here. If it retakes that, I think that's super interesting. Uh, if it's below that level, then, yeah. But, again, the uh, rising 200-day moving average, maybe it digs in here. I would give it a little bit of time. If it gets above that area, maybe that's going to be your, your trigger. But quickly, we'll just go into... Um, so this relative strength system, basically every 30 seconds, it takes the entire market and I allocate it. The other CMT in here will know when, when you study in the CMT, there's something they talk about, which is Ned Davis's Fab Five, where basically he ranks the economy based off a couple different um, indicators. And it's the same thing that I'm doing here, but for individual stocks. So basically, if it's above a rising 200-day moving average, give it a couple points. If it's in the upper end of its year range, give it a couple points. If it's, you know, the RSI isn't able to get oversold, give it a couple points. And it pushes those, um, all of those things, and it ranks all of those stocks. So then what it does, it says, okay, based off of the metrics that I've decided and, and back-tested, knowing that if you own the top names in this and rotate that weekly, that you will outperform the S&P 500, at least going back from 2016 to date. Um, it says, okay, here's the ones with the highest 
the highest values. And for me, this is where I find a lot of my trades because it combines all of these factors that we talked about, about trend, about strength, about all of these type of things, right? Um, right. So Halliburton is really high up there. And basically what you'll end up finding is these are the stocks that are just kind of outperforming the market at the time. Now, a lot of people will take the top ones and they'll build portfolios and rotate into them. For myself, this becomes my scanning tool, right? I'm looking through these and doing the kind of analysis that I've done with you, right? So um, can you please provide insights on calibrating pivotal range deviation pivots for proper I you're way outside of my understanding with that um, catch. Yeah, I that's that's a hard one. I I'm not too sure what that question. Maybe maybe dumb it down for a, a simple guy that lives in the woods like me. Um, I don't think there is standard ranges like that uh, and and deviation pivots that you can just standardize across things. That's something that if it worked um, that precisely the way that question was written, I think you could just automate it. And that would just be a system that would just kind of work forever. I'm kind of more of the hybrid of give me a system. And then I'm going to use my eyes to try to figure out when it works and when it won't and, and which instruments it will work on. Right. So, um, now if you're just looking for 20 to 60 day breakouts, that's an easy thing that we can build a trade ideas. If you want to come give it a shot. Uh, if I was negative on banks, would I short DPST? You're getting real dangerous there. Now, that is a logical question um, for when someone says, hey, these things degrade over time. A, a next logical question is certainly, okay, if they degrade over time, why don't I just short it? Um, the problem is the fees that you, you pay uh, will be higher then the degradation over time, and you've got to put up with a lot of volatility. So that's, again, there's the market's really efficient when it comes to stuff like that. Um, you could short DPST uh, for a short period of time. So if KRE was going to break through that $40 level we talked about, and you wanted to short DPST as a way to express that, I definitely think you could. I would be a little bit cautious with that, though, just because it's a double-edged sword, right? Triple when you're right, triple when you're wrong. The reason... For a lot of these things, you have to remember, we're meant for short-term hedging. Uh, so if you owned KRE and you didn't want to sell it for capital gains reasons or whatever it is, you could take a short on the other end of, of that um, in order for that to, that to make sense. But again, just, you know, triple leveraged is good, but triple leverage is double-edged sword. Um, am I mostly a day or swing trader? I am an awful day trader. Um, I am very much on the swing horizon. I, uh, and this goes to something I talk about all the time in trading. You have to find your style and you have to gravitate towards that and not try to make uh, other styles that don't work with your brain work. I'm just, a, I'm a bad day trader. I, I don't like having a time limit on when I have to take my trades. I like to take the trade based off what I see on the chart and then walk away and let it work. Um, so my entire trading philosophy, whether it's Forex or crypto or whatever, is that longer term time frame. It's why basically I've been defaulting every question to the daily chart, because for me, I don't the the shortest I will ever zoom into a chart is a 30 minute chart. Uh, and that's even a little bit rare. Right. So I'm, you know. I'm a, a big proponent of the longer term chart. So someone's just asking, I'm just going to give you my whole layout if you want that, um, who has trade ideas. And I can just put this one in as well. Um, so there, that's oh, hosts and panelists. I'm just going to do this to everyone. I hope that's okay. So if you click on that, that will actually get you the layout that you're seeing here in trade ideas, something we can do to share with it. Um, 
Am I a big believer in Bitcoin? No, I'm not. I'm not a big believer in anything. Uh, and the reason for that is that as soon as I, I kind of would say, hey, I really believe Bitcoin's going to change the world. It will taint my thoughts on when to get involved and when not to get involved in certain things. I'm very much a I'm a big believer that trends, the only thing we know about the market that carries through is that trends persist. Um, it's the only reason that trading and investing works. It's the reason why I don't do a lot of day trading either is because when I catch a trend, I want to hold that guy as long as I can. So um, that's the only thing I care about. If Bitcoin's in a 